So before we begin the formal Brahma Vihara practice, I'm going to say a few different things. One is I want to respond to a question that came to us. Somebody was asking about after Winnie's talking about the Brahma Viharas, uh, that it's good to do a sustained uh, loving kindness practice at some point. Um, uh, and it is really good to do that. Um, if you're interested in doing a sustained loving kindness practice, um, you can check out Spirit Rock or IMS and see when there's an I, when there's a Brahma Vihara retreat or loving kindness retreat. And I know Sharon Salzberg is has one in the uh, on Meta in in May at the uh, Insight Meditation Society. So that's. I just wanted to put that both for the person who asked, who I see that you're here, but also um, for everybody in the room, just to know that it's very powerful to do a sustained amount of metta or loving kindness practice over uh, a whole day or a few days or a week or a month or six weeks or three months. Very powerful. So, um, and then... Um, I'd like to say a little more, we're going to be doing more compassion practice uh, following what Greg had done, a more guided meditation, fully guided meditation on loving kindness, on compassion. And then uh, Tuere's using the phrases, we'll also be using phrases which I'll ask Carlita to post a little bit later uh, before we go into the formal uh, phrases. And I just wanted to say a little bit about compassion, the word compassion. It's such an interesting word because I liked it when I heard it for many reasons, but also because it means with passion. And I like passion. I like when uh, I'm passionate about my practice and passionate about the Dharma. And so it took me a while to understand what it meant with how what is it how did how did compassion meaning kindness or or this generosity of heart how did that come from from passion which often has a very um, strong energetic uh component to it when we feel passionate right and so um what i found out was it came from the passion of christ the way it was translated um, uh, originally, and what karuna was translated as compassion, right? And um, and so, and meaning that Christ, it was the passion of Christ that freed him, right, at the end of his life, and and there's a whole, and so it's an archetypal spiritual dimension that he lived in terms of the giving himself for the benefit of everybody, right, in his being crucified. And that heartfulness is one of the ways it originally got translated by the first Western practitioners trying to understand karuna. And so now we, we could just as easily use the word kindness. It's about kindness uh, to be compassionate or to manifest karuna. And karuna is, 
is literally my understanding is it's really talked about as a quivering of the heart in the light of suffering a quivering of the heart and i love that because you it's a it's got the felt sense aliveness in the understanding the quivering of the heart it's not it's not from a distance it doesn't mean we're overwhelmed by suffering it doesn't mean we're codependent with suffering it's not pity as i believe tuere said earlier today or yesterday um, but it's not distant and it's not exactly an emotion it's a quivering of the heart it's a reverberating with suffering that brings kindness as the heart opens and it's really a heart practice it's a heart opening practice uh, nanapanika tara said the world suffers most people have their eyes and ears closed they do not see the unbroken stream of tears flowing through life they do not hear the cry of distress continually pervading the world and and what he's describing is dukkha is the the normalcy of dukkha it's part of our life as greg keeps saying in this realm of existence and um and and uh, nanapanika tara says he says bound by selfishness one's heart turns stiff and narrow it is compassion that removes the heavy bar opens the door to freedom and makes the narrow heart as wide as the world makes the narrow heart as wide as the world and so it's a beautiful understanding of the heartfulness that can arise as we uh practice compassion as we practice being here and being compassionate first of all with ourselves as we practice being kind with ourselves even when it's difficult to be in this moment when it's difficult doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or there's something bad about you can you be kind to the one who's having a hard time that's a really beautiful way to say it and it's always my question to myself when i'm having a hard time can i be kind to eugene when he's having a hard time cuz eugene has a human being he has a hard time he has pain he has difficulty he has hurt he has all kinds of hard time anger fear and so when the heart opens in this way when the heart is not just stiff and narrow there's all kinds of flavors of compassion sympathy or empathy or or understanding itself is a kindness right or concern concern or warm-heartedness that is part of our experience and or or a beautiful word benevolence we end up feeling benevolent and you know uh caring and non-judgmental compassion is not about judgment it's about being alive and contactful with the truth of being a human being that there's difficulty that there's suffering that there's pain 
Trungpa Rinpoche, who got mentioned, has been mentioned a few times, he said, the kindness and generosity we extend towards ourselves is the foundation of our ability to relate to the whole world. Right? It, it starts here, our kindness. Our kindness for being a bad meditator, which isn't even true, but we want to be kind for the, for the person who believes that, we want to be kind to them, even if the person who believes it is us, right? And of course, I often think of meditation itself as kindness. It's one of the kindest things I can do is just to sit down and be here and see what's true. Really, and it's why I love doing my early morning meditation. I I've said this early morning, five five or five thirty in the morning, I go start my meditation, and it's just so kind. It doesn't matter what what's happening or what's going to happen or what did happen or did. It's like oh, I can just be. I can just be, I can just be a human being sitting here discovering the truth, discovering the Dharma. And I have all these stories about kindness that I love, to be honest. And I'll read you, I'll read you two little ones. Um, one is from, it's, a, it's in Zen, a Zen kind of koan. And here, listen carefully. It's, it's said koans are a little paradoxical, but they're really beautiful. One day, Chow Cho, Chow Chu, fell down in the snow and called out, "Help me! Help me!" Right? Chow Chu fell down in the snow and called out, "Help me! Help me!" A monk came and lay down beside him. Chow Chu got up and went away. <laughs> That's the whole story, <laughs> right? And so the kindness of the monk, when Chow Chu called out, help me, help me, he just went and laid down next to him. He mirrored him. He gave him that kindness of mirroring him, which often we need. And when we're mirrored a little bit, when we're seen, something relaxes in us. And here it's another, it's a great story about the Kenyan runner, Abdul uh, Mutai, who uh, was leading this great big running race. And he pulled ahead of a man named uh, uh, Ivan Fernandez. And, and he, was, he was ahead, he was leading, he was going to win the race, big race, might have been the Olympics, I'm not sure. But at the end, um, uh, uh, Abdul Mutai, he misunderstood the signs and he thought he'd finished and he hadn't finished, right? The race wasn't over, but he thought he was done. And as uh, Ivan Fernandez uh, pulled up to him, he realized that, that, um, that Mutai had made a mistake, didn't understand. And so he stopped running. He could have passed him and he would have won and he would have won the race. But he was so kind that he stopped and then by doing sign language, he explained to him the race wasn't over. He hadn't finished. He hadn't already won. And so he encouraged him to go run and finish. And then he came in second 
And it was so kind of Ivan Fernandez to take care of his fellow competitor to not win because he said, he said, what do I have here? Right, he wouldn't exploit his uh, the Kenyan person's mistake, which would have netted him a wholly legal win. He he stayed behind the other runner, using gestures to that. him. He showed us that when we are kind, we win even when we lose. Right, he had that beautiful heart. So in the last few things I'd like to say, there's so much I could say about compassion. It's such a beautiful, important part of our practice. You know, as Rio Khan says, he says, oh, that my priest's robes were wide enough to gather up all the suffering people in this floating world, right? To care for everybody. But one of the things I want to say is about self-judgment and how unkind that is. And it's one of the things we want to keep letting go of here on the retreat, our self-judgment. As I said before, we want to be able to, I may have said it in a small group, we want to be able to discern what's here and be aware of it and know when we made a mistake, but we don't want self-judgment. It's not true and it's not helpful. Uh, Joko Beck, great, she was a great Zen teacher, not alive anymore. I don't believe, maybe Joko Beck is alive, I don't think so. Um, She said, to enjoy the world without judgment is what a realized life is like. To enjoy the world without judgment is what a realized life is like. And it's about letting go of the judging mind or the comparing mind or the mind that says there's something wrong with us. And so part of what the compassion we're arousing is to be kind to the one who's sitting right here in our seat, right where we are. And it's, as I believe it's Tuere said, that's like the hardest one, she said. And, uh, you know, and it is often for most of us. It's really a skill that develops and that we learn and practice helps us uh, nurture and flourish. Right? And the self-judgment, you know, it's, psychologically it's called the superego. And this is, a, I think, a very helpful psychological understanding to bring into the Dharma. Because you have, it's done, the way Freud um, described it was there's a big circle. And the circle is the ego, which is the self-identity, right? Which we all have. And then within that, there's a little circle called the it or the instinctual energies, which we all have some of our animal nature. But, and that, so there's the little circle inside, the id. The big circle is the ego. The little, there's a little circle on top of the big circle called the uh, superego. And the superego's job is to keep the self, the ego in place. The, and the superego is psychologically what's understood to be the judging mind, the comparing mind, the mind that's harsh with us, because it's how we're taught to develop an ego by doing right or wrong based on what authorities, parents have told us. 
And that's not a bad thing, but it's a mistake to to think that's the end of who and what we are is this big circle called the ego. The sense of self is the doorway to something greater that we call Buddha nature. And so one of my teachers, Hamid Ali, he said it this way. He said, the superego is the inner coercive agency that stands against the expansion of awareness and inner development. I'm going to say that again. And these will get posted. You don't have to write it down. This will get posted. The superego is the inner coercive agency that stands against the expansion of awareness and inner development, regardless of how mild or reasonable it sounds. It is a substitute and a cruel one for direct perception and understanding and knowledge. It is it is a substitute and a cruel one for direct perception and knowledge. Inner development requires that in time there be no internal coercive agencies. There will instead be inner regulation based on objective perception, understanding, and love. All right, and that's part of why we want to be very kind and not believe. We want to be very compassionate towards ourselves and not get attached to the superego or the judging mind. This came up in group, and so people asked me to say a little more about it. So, um, let's see. Okay, let's do a little practice. Now I'm going to ask Carlita to post the phrases we'll be using today. And of course, as she posts them, and you could do it whichever way works best, Carlita, um, um, and I'm giving them to you so you don't have to try to memorize them or you don't have to write them down. They'll already be down. You can read them. And then as you remember them, you can keep using them or you can glance at them. Be very relaxed in the practice about it. We're being kind to the one who's practicing also. Okay, so please take your seat or relax or recline. Be at ease. You could shut your eyes and just hear me and you could repeat after me for now. And we're going to offer it to our benefactor or another someone who it's easy to offer compassion towards. Right? Where you're not too, there's not too much difficulty for them. But compassion is someone who's kind. Who, who you're uh, it's easy to offer to. So, um, uh, may you be kind to yourself. May you be kind to yourself. And I'm going to say one more thing. I often like to take a breath around each phrase, so I do it slowly. May your burdens be lifted. May your burdens be lifted.
May you find peace even in the midst of difficulties. May you find peace even in the midst of difficulties. Holding the image or the feeling of the person you're offering it towards and then sending your, your kindness. May you be free from pain and suffering. May you be free from pain and suffering of any kind. And then we'll continue for a while, just offering it to your benefactor or a good friend, somebody it's easy to offer it. You could probably post all four right now if they're not, or if they are, that's good. Carlita, thank you. And I'll say them again. You can follow me or you could turn the sound down and go at your own rhythm. May you be kind to yourself. May you, may you be kind to yourself in each moment. May your bur burdens be lifted. May your burdens be lighter. May you find peace even in the midst of difficulties. May you be free from pain and suffering. I wish this for you. Repeating the phrases at your own pace, quietly in your heart and mind. You can breathe them in and out from the heart center, offering your compassion, your kindness, your good wishes, your care, your love in this form of love, love in the form of compassion to your benefactor or a good friend. And very quietly, gently, like the whisper in the heart and mind, continuing on your own. Letting you, letting yourself say the phrases in a way that begins to resonate for you. And of course, changing the phrases in any way you wish to make them your song, your voice, your heart.
very gently finishing this round of offerings to the benefactor, good friend. And we'll start to offer our kindness to ourselves. May I be kind to myself. May my burdens be lifted. May I find peace even in the midst of difficulties. May I be free from pain and suffering. Letting the words, the intention, the kindness radiate from your heart. Letting it permeate your body and being. May I be kind to myself right now. May my burdens be lifted. May I find peace even in the midst of difficulties. May I be free from pain and suffering. I wish this for myself. Letting the good wishes radiate in your body and being. May I be kind to myself, to what's here, to me. May my burdens be lifted. May they lighten. May I find peace even in the midst of difficulties, dis-ease, May I be free from pain, suffering. May I be free from dukkha. Using your own words, customizing the practice, even if you don't feel it, say it. Let it come through you in its own way. Offering your kindness to the one who's offering the kindness. Continuing on your own. Being kind to yourself offering your good wishes to the one who's sitting in your seat.
and again adding a new realm category of people to offer loving kindness and compassion for in this way. We want to offer it to uh, ourselves together, all of us, this group that's practicing that we're all part of. So may we be kind to ourselves collectively, communally, culturally. May we be kind to ourselves. May our burdens be lifted, be lighter, be at ease. May we find peace even in the midst of difficulties. May we be free from pain, suffering, dukkha of every kind. Continuing on your own, offering your compassion, your kindness, your care, your warmth for all of us together sitting here. Letting the different images of people just appear in your mind or you can look at the screen and see people, see the group as you wish.
And then we'll expand the field beyond ourselves, our group, to include all beings. All beings will include our benefactor, a good friend, or ourselves, or neutral people, or even difficult people. And beyond people will include all beings. May all beings be kind to themselves. Letting your heart open as wide as the universe and beyond the universe. May all beings be kind to themselves. In this world and every world, may all beings be kind to themselves. May all burdens be lifted for every being. May all burdens, may all burdens be lifted for each and every being. May all beings find peace in ever in whatever circumstances they find themselves. May all beings find peace in whatever circumstances they find themselves. May all beings be free from dukkha. May all beings everywhere be free from dukkha. Continuing on your own, offering your good wishes of compassion for all beings in all realms, in all worlds.
May all beings be filled with kindness and compassion. May all burdens be lifted. May all find peace in any circumstance. May all beings be free from dukkha. May the whole world, the whole universe, be filled with compassion. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.